man. Trap mode in this mouth, mouth, mouth. Harder than the. Ayo, pull up. I need some more drink. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on the Walter Scott case and police use of excessive force. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and talk with me on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Evers, hashtag Walter Scott. Check out my Facebook page, Lisa Evers Official. You can post there as well. And of course, we're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. 97. And this is a good time to text your family and friends everywhere and tell them to tune in to Hot 97 if they're here in New York City in the tri-state or listen to the live stream of this show all over the United States on Hot97.com or anywhere on the free iHeartRadio and other radio apps on your phone. This is a very crucial topic, as you know, and it's a critical time in our history as a nation as we come to grips with the issues, many issues facing our police departments, and our communities, especially our communities of color. As one of my Twitter followers, at Halibuck, told me on Twitter, he said, quote, every time is supposed to be the last time, but now it's happened again. An unarmed black man involved in a police encounter because of a suspected minor infraction ends up dead. Why? Why did this have to happen? It was an overflow crowd yesterday in South Carolina as 50-year-old Walter Scott, a devout Christian, was remembered at the church where he was an active member and member of the choir. Scott was shot eight times in the back by 33-year-old North Charleston police officer Michael Slager, who was quickly charged with murder and fired from the police department. At Scott's funeral, his pastor, Pastor George Hamilton, said, and I quote, there is no doubt that this was motivated by an act of overt racism, end quote. He also said, quote, you have to hate someone to shoot them in the back. And he later said that we should not indict the entire law enforcement community for the actions of one of them. Scott's family attorney says the case goes beyond a race issue and that this is a human issue, basically a human rights issue. What do you think? Give us a call right now. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Hit me up with your comments on Twitter and Instagram, at Lisa Evers, hashtag Walter Scott. And we're going to be taking as many calls as we possibly can and as many comments on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, at Lisa Evers. And let me introduce our panel, and we're going to get right to it. Joining us in studio, Sergeant Henry Marrero. He is a sergeant with the North Bergen Police Department, a community activist, and also a candidate for police commissioner in North Bergen. Henry, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Also with us is attorney Kenyatta Stewart. He's a criminal defense attorney with the law firm Hunt Hamlin Ridley, New Jersey's biggest and oldest black-owned law firm. Kenyatta, thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Now, uh, Kenyatta, let me start with you on this. Would we be talking about this case if we did not have this video that was taken by the 23-year-old Dominican barber, Faden Santana? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And part of the reason why is because of the fact that, you know what, they're always, you know, clients walk into the office all the time and say, you know, the report says one thing, but that's not what really happened. This is a prime example of the report said one thing, and that's not what really happened. You know, people, people's point of view of police, of course, depends on their experiences. And in this situation here, unfortunately, 
I only have one encounter with this police officer, and that's the fact that he lied about what happened. And not importantly, more importantly than that, he killed a man. There's an officer right next to me, and I don't know this officer at all, but I know one thing. This officer that we're talking about, after I spoke to other officers, they all say the same thing. He's a murderer. He's not an officer of integrity. He's a murderer. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Hashtag Walter Scott, Hot 97 Street Soldiers, at Lisa Evers, L-I-S-A, E-V as in Victor, E-R-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Sergeant Henry Marrero, when you saw that video, the first video that came out that... Faden Santana took of the him chasing of Officer Michael Slager chasing or running after Walter Scott through the park and then just firing at him repeatedly killing him. What did you think about that when you saw that? All right, let's just start off by saying that uh, this man does not represent the law enforcement community. This man is a predator. Um, I'm a police officer and I defend my brothers and sisters when things are done correctly. Um, th- this just just the mere fact that he was able to take aim. At the and literally take aim at someone while they're running. Um, there was no need. There was no need for that to uh, for that encounter. If the man is running, okay, he's not a threat to a law enforcement officer. Um, so, so for me, uh, th- this man here is, is 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 not the representation of law enforcement. Uh, he should be prosecuted. He should be taken to the full extent of the law. All right, but let me ask you this. Okay, the, then there was later in the week, the department released the dash cam video where it shows some of the encounter, shows Walter Scott gets out of the car, then he gets back in, and then he gets out of the car, and he starts running. Henry, if you were that officer in a stop for traffic, uh, you know, suspected traffic infraction, like w- was the case here apparently, What's the proper procedure? What are you trained to do as a law enforcement okay. officer? Uh, look, at the end of the day, okay, the man, again, like I said, he's not a threat. So uh, if I gave chase, I would chase him down. If you saw the video, the man, the man's not running. Like I mean, he's not. He's not running, running like, like a, a teenager. Like, right. He's not running like a gazelle across the Serengeti here. He's actually, you know, he's running. You run after him. You tackle him. You do what you got to do. You take him into custody. You really don't know. You don't know the person. You don't know what he's running for. You, he could be a murderer or whatever. You don't know the, 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 the person's motive of running. Um, you would just actually apprehend the subject and then find out. You know why are you running? So you would tackle him. You uh, can't. Yeah, you would. Can go you? After can him. you shoot? Can you shoot somebody? Can you go? Can you pull your gun and fire your gun at someone Absolutely who's running not. away? Absolutely not. Is that uh, in any kind of law threat. enforcement? Is that ever allowed? No, it's only allowed if you're in a, if you're a prisoner and you're escaping and you're a threat to the community. If you're a threat to the people of your environment, like if he had just he shot murder, somebody, if he was a murderer and he's escaping from, if me, he shot and killed a kid in that playground. Would the cop have been able to shoot him? That's a whole different Ash, subject. Chasing away, that's a totally different it's thing. A, it's a whole different subject. Kenyatta, yes. what about that? You know what? If there was one more piece, if, there, if the, at the end of the story was, you know what? He took my gun and he was running away. Mm. Any other officer in the facility has a right to shoot him dead. Why? Because you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to turn around mm-hmm. and shoot back at one of the other officers. You don't know if he's going to shoot someone that's walking up the street. You don't know if he's going to shoot himself. You don't know what he's going to do. And if he gets away with an officer's gun, that's that's one of the worst things. In this situation here, we have a guy who, you know, he claimed that he had his taser. Yeah, that I was just going to ask you about that. That was another disturbing element of the story. He claimed that, um, that, that Walter Scott had taken his taser. 
And then, but does that make sense? Uh, uh, before, look, all right. So the, there's a piece of that uh, whole video that's taken out of the uh, uh, the equation here. That's, but that, by any stretch of the imagination, is there anything that right, could so have happened that could now, have justified? Now, 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 if he and I were banging it out before, prior to that, right? Right. If he didn't take my gun and he took my taser, okay, the taser is, is a non-lethal uh, weapon. It te- technically, you know, it's just to, to, to actually freeze you from, from doing some, some damage. And if it could do damage to me, then, of course, I, my life is in danger. And then I could react to that. But he didn't take his weapon, his service weapon, and then... Yeah, obviously, because he used the gun to fire eight times at, at his, and kill him in the back. Yes. Shoot him in the back. Shoot, you just don't do that. That's why he's not a representation of law enforcement. You just, you're, you're a predator at that point. And you know, um, you know what, one of the things that, 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 I, that I noticed about it was, you know, he didn't pull out the gun when they were face-to-face. When they had the face-to-face encounter... That we a, didn't see, right, that we don't know that you about. Don't see, he doesn't have his gun out. It's not as if he had his gun out already and then the guy started to run and it was just a reaction. Right, because we do see car stops where the officers walk up to the car. Sure. They have their guns just about almost drawn. They're almost pulled. Right. They're almost drawn with the guns and that wasn't the case here. Obviously not. What about the, uh, how do you feel about what the family attorney, Walter Scott family attorney said that this was simply an act of racism? No, I, I, I can't. You can't bring racism to because that's going to just bring up the old stuff with the Gardner case, and it's going to bring up so many. You know, that officer took law enforcement back another ten years. Let's just no say, question. In in, in in terms of racism, we can't put racism into the equation because that's one man. You can't take that man's judgment and put it on everybody. But what, in this but community what do you what do you I'll say the to the black? Man. But what do you say to to members of the black community who say we'll look at the pol- the fatal police shootings, the the Justice Department, the Federal Justice Department? I researched this because I was trying to find out the numbers and see what the racial breakdown was. There is we, no numbers. There are no numbers. Right. There the Justice Department does not keep track of every single police department in the United States. There's no requirement that they are supposed to report if there is a fatal police encounter, what the race of that of that person who died was. So we know that people of all races end up being killed by police. We know police officers of all races, black police officers, white, <clears throat> Latino, Asian, as we've seen here in New York, are also killed in the line of duty. But the fact is, there seems to be a preponderance, there seems to be many more more blacks who are killed by police officers than anybody else. Why is that? I, I recommend that, that all our brothers and sisters in, in the Hispanic and, and African American community, they actually take the law enforcement community. They want to make a change. Well, get involved. Get involved with the community. Uh, take the police test. If you really want to make a difference, and, and, and I'll be the first guy to stand up and protest with you. I'm not. I'm not against that. You understand? I'll, I'll go out to South Carolina and I'll, I'll stand with the people of that community as a law enforcement officer because that, like I said, that gentleman does not represent the law enforcement community. Kenyatta Stewart, uh, criminal defense attorney. The justif- supposedly Walter Scott was pulled over a broken taillight. There are many people that say broken a broken taillight is code language for pulling someone over for driving while black. You know what, Lisa? Actually, I was actually pulled over. I think about a week or two ago. And I'm pulled over, the, and, and the officers are following me for about a mile and a half, and then they tell me, oh, we pulled you over because your license is suspended. Oh, really? My license is suspended? I've been driving all day. My license is suspended? Oh, by the way, why is my license suspended? Oh, because of a ticket two weeks ago, a parking ticket. I said, oh, really? It's not even in the system yet. So he looks at me and says, well, how would you know that? I said, let me give you my paperwork, and we just talk about it later. 
the look on his face was, wait a minute. So then he comes back and asks me, am I a football player or something like that? I'm not a football player. Give me my documents. Let me go on my business. <laughs> what town were you in? <laughs> I don't want to. You know, Kenyatta wants to make it home. I may not yeah. want to drive after through that community myself. No, let me stop. If we see Jersey cops outside of Hot 97 after the show, we'll know what the deal is. All right. But Chad, we want to hear from law enforcement as well, too, because the, the other issue we want to talk about is, is there, as President Obama had hinted at, this kind of fabric of distrust in the between communities of color and the police department and police departments this is something that really is very threatening some people say we're on the verge of very dangerous situations where uh, there's no respect in either direction and who knows what can happen so if you're a police officer we want to hear how you're feeling too give us a call 1-800-223-9797 guys ready for some calls Definitely. let's uh, people are calling in here at 1-800-223-9797 let's go to uh, sarah from brooklyn sarah hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead hi first of all i love your show thank you well, so much i've listened to you for a long time um i you asked the question, is it a human rights issue or is it a race issue? Well, first of all, I think, you know, black people are human, so therefore it encompasses a human rights issue. However, I'm a, I'm a white three-year-old female, lives in Brooklyn. I, I'm a teacher in East Flatbush, and they just lowered the speed limit in New York City at 25, and I have a lead foot. I uh, was pulled over by the police um Thursday, the, the day that we were let out for spring break uh, two weeks ago, and the cop came to my car and asked me how fast I was going. I thought I was going slower than he clocked me at. He clocked me at 47 and at 25. Um, and I said, I'm a teacher, and he said, have a nice day. And then about three months ago, I was looking at my phone for GPS directions, and it looked like I was texting. And okay, I so, okay, Sarah, so what, what's, your, what's your, your point is that because you're but a white my, woman, you were not given a ticket. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's my point. I, I have a black boyfriend. If my boyfriend was in the car, I don't think, I don't know if things would be different. Um, I, I have black friends. I've been pulled over by when, when I had black friends in the car and I was not treated the exact same way as I was okay, when I that's, had my and that's something uh, that's something a lot of us can attest to let's let me keep it moving here thank you so much for the call let's go to uh, Jason from Long Island Jason hi you're on Hot 97 go right ahead hello how you doing All um, right, how are you? I just have a, a question like how come as a young black male and like I was pulled over before and I actually, All right, Jason hold on one second please we, we want to hear what you have to say could you please turn the radio down in the background oh I'm sorry about okay, that okay thanks this way we can hear what you're saying. And um, I actually got pulled over one time, and I tried to go to the precinct and do a complaint, and they actually told me to, like, to like leave the precinct and go about my business, and why do I want to write a complaint on the officer and basically like I had no rights just to basically deal with the problem. All right, let's uh, let's give this to Attorney Kenyatta Stewart. Kenyatta, what should he do? You know, Jason, there's something called internal affairs. And you know what, Jason? One of the things that I notice a number of municipalities are doing now is they're taking the internal affairs uh, department out of the police department. They usually put them in the, in the same office where the mayor is, somewhere in that same building. Because people are usually maybe intimidated by going to the police department to say something to an officer about another officer. So 
you know what? Uh, you know, you should really take some time to uh, look into your municipality, your city, your town, or what have you, to see where their internal affairs uh, uh, office is. Because you know what? If it's in the same department or in the same building as the police department, you should make some requests or make a demand that that be taken out. Because there's some people who's just going to say, you know what? I'm not going there to talk to cops because I don't want to be arrested. About and have them, and have yeah, them see I, I, I agree. And there, there's also, that, new, well, New York City, of course, there's the Civilian Complaint Review Board, which you can uh, look up on Google and find and find that out. And then what about, pro, do, do county prosecutors like in Jersey and Long, in Long Island and some of the other, in the suburban areas, do they handle complaints like this? Or there's no, no real, no. There's well, no real you uniform can, you, can, you can go down to the prosecutor's office, but again, those are, uh, uh, when you go to internal affairs, it's law enforcement and policing law enforcement. Right. right. It's police officers policing law enforcement. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of if, if you put it into a civilian board or sure. maybe to uh, to your mayor's office uh, because then you feel comfortable. But, uh, yes, you can go to the prosecutor's office as well. If you'd like to go somewhere other than the police department, you go to the prosecutor's office who investigates the police department as well. Okay, let's go to, uh, I think I think it's Jamie from Queens. Jamie, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Is is this... Uh, James. Uh, no, Jamie. Jamie, Okay. James, 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 James. Okay, they they spelled it wrong. I Sorry. I think I I think the phones are going the phones are going crazy. Give, give, give Team Lisa a break here. The phones are like blazing. They're, they're whipping through them. All right, Jamie from Queens, we got you. James, not James. James, James. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, I don't. I think uh, because of my past personal issues with cops and all that, I think it was a racism issue. And all because a lot of these cops are racist. And all compared to where. A couple of years back, I was fighting a case from a, a, a racist neighbor who's telling me my kind doesn't belong in the neighborhood I live in. What's your kind, I, and sir? Then when the cops come on the scene, the James, only way what's your I can kind, get sir? this guy arrested is telling you, me they have to arrest both J- of James, us. James, what nationality are you, sir? I'm Puerto Rican. Okay, I'm Puerto Rican, too. Good. I, I, and I live in a Jewish neighborhood. Okay. Okay. So basically, it's like I look at it as I look at that situation. I look at every situation I'm in and all that where I'm a type of person. I mind my business. I go about. So how were you targeted, sir? If you you live in a Jewish community, how were you targeted? How am I targeted? Yes. Because I'm 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 Latino in a a white neighborhood. And and then when I try to prove cops wrong and all that, when um, they come and approach me in my backyard and they're telling me there's a fence in my backyard and there's no fence, I'm proving them wrong. And the guy's like, oh, I'm going to arrest you. You know, I have my past personal issues and all that. Even riding with black friends in the car, get pulled over. Cop telling me I'm on a cell phone when I was never even on a cell phone. I have never had one in my possession. Okay, well, there's plenty. James, uh, James, thank you so much for the call. There's there's plenty of instances of this. Henry, just in in terms of law enforcement, we know where you we know where you stand on this. But do you, is there a something in the police culture where they look at people of color in a different way in terms of? I, I could I could say listen I have I have ten ten officers under my command, um, I I actually have a brief uh, I brief with them before you know at roll call and uh, I I there it, there should be no issue of racism we're here to help the people of the community we took this job to help people so I, I it's hard for me to accept the fact that everybody's saying that police officers are racist because if that's the case then we have anarchy in this world um, you can't judge everybody by the actions of one or two people in this community. And listen, I'm not an advocate for, for killing anybody. I took this job to help people in the community and my brothers and sisters and the people that work for me do the same. And every single day I go out there and I tell them there is no issue. For me, 
And in my in my in the way I live, there there is no issue but of what, race. But, but what these incidents that we're seeing are over minor infractions. This is not like a shootout in the middle of a bank robbery yes. or or a hostage or a child's being snatched or or, or a woman's being attacked. But Lisa, these, we these can are, turn that are, around also and say that you know, how many officers are being killed in the process too. In the last, it, it started it's from last year to this year. This year we've had four or five fatal shootings of law enforcement officers already. And we're only in April. You understand? So it, it, we face that danger as well. Uh, be, you know, we but don't how know does that make talking. you feel? How does that make you we feel knowing we, the community? I'm saying we don't know. If I pull you over, I don't know who I'm dealing with. I run your license plate and I get back information that you're suspended or you're not registered, a registered vehicle. I, I don't know who I'm dealing with. So you approach the vehicle, you you, you, you approach it and you say, hey, how you doing? You, you don't know who you're dealing with. You can but be dealing with a murderer. Wait a minute. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Henry, I can appreciate the fact that you personally, you personally aren't. Uh, uh, using race as a reason for why you're pulling somebody over. Correct. And you know what? I know thousands of officers throughout you know the, the tri-state area. I know many officers who I talk to all the time who are good cops. But you know what? We are fooling ourselves if there aren't officers pulling people over because they look a certain way. Because quite frankly, you know what? As I said the other day, when a guy pulled me over, his excuse was, you know what? This guy here is driving in our area and your license is suspended. If I wasn't a lawyer, that would have been a different conversation. You look like a football player. Well, that's what the problem was. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving saying. around, I'm driving around in, a, in, a, in a nice car in this area, driving the speed limit, seatbelt on, no other cars Not in sight. Not texting nothing. I had no reason to text. I'm on my way home from work. And as a result, he pulls me over and he was surprised that it has happened to be me. If it was someone else, one of my interns who probably doesn't know how to speak to an officer the right way, that would have probably been a different conversation. Because, again, when he came back to the car and he asked me, was I a football player? I'm like, listen, we're not going to joke around. Give me my stuff and let me go. Because why should you have to explain why you can afford a car like that? It's just that simple. What kind of car right? was it again? Let's get back to the phones. 1-800-223-9797. Criminal defense attorney Kenyatta Stewart with us in studio. And Sergeant Henry Marrero with the North Bergen Police Department. He's also a community activist and candidate for police commissioner in North Bergen. Let's go to uh, Victor from Connecticut. Victor, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How you doing, Lisa? All right, um, how are you? Just, just wonder. Well, Kenyatta, first, you could have either been a football player or a rapper. That That's their number one thing. Um, however, Lisa, my, my question to you is just, I mean, you watched the video. We've all seen it. Why would he shoot above the waist? If case in point, he did pull the taser from the officer and ran with it. Why couldn't he just shot him below the waist? Maybe one shot in the leg just to stop him. That's my that's my you concern. Let me ask him, Henry. What about that? You don't you don't shoot people to stop anybody, sir. If if you're a threat to somebody, uh, if somebody's trying to kill you, you don't shoot to say, "Hey, please cut it out." He all right, can we, wait, let me say, let me say uh, this too. And, because and sure, first well, I mean, of all, he should have been Victor, shot. Victor, wait, wait Victor. To answer to answer your question, we've had. Police officers on the show many times, they say that in general, in New York City definitely and in other departments, they're trained that when they pull the gun, it's because of a life, there is a life-threatening situation. I agree. That they are trained to shoot center mass, which is in all of your vital areas. And they also say, I've spoken with with, uh, firearms training officers who say that this idea that the public has, that you can, while someone is running in motion and you're in the middle of a, a 
situation can actually shoot somebody in the leg that that is not possible because it's a moving target and that's not the way they're trained they're trained that if you use the gun it is it is there because um, your life is in danger and that's the way that you're you're trained to shoot can you i understand that lisa but my a lot of my friends are actually cops a lot of these guys are ex-military these guys are marksmen specialists they can hit a moving target. I mean, you could. I mean, even if you don't with go, a nine millimeter I mean, with a like, handgun. In, I mean, if you go yeah. running, running over, running through a park, or running There's on gravel, or, within within within. The, First I mean, of all, within, he should have been as shot. As he was. So I mean, it, it, no, he, he, he wasn't a threat, sir. He was running. But First I mean, of all, why still, did he? Have, he's he, he, he's he shooting him because him. of a broken taillight. He should. Exactly. He shouldn't have pulled exactly. his gun. Period. How suspicious does that? And let's be. Let's keep. Let's keep it. Sir, it's not suspicious because he should have never drew, drew his weapon. We don't know what happened in that in that middle part of the video where it's missing. Uh, they could have had a but confrontation. But you're saying we haven't heard anything about any threat. There was no gun. There was no weapon. Once he was again, running. At this point, man. he's running. His back is to no to matter the, what happens. And not running that fast. He could have. My eight year old son could have tackled him. All right, Victor. You know thank you very. I, you th- know what I find? You know what I find sad, Lisa? Just one more well, thing. Sure, real quick. Is if it wasn't for this police video, I mean, I honestly, I commend this, the, the, the barber. Faden Santana. Video, yeah. If he, if he didn't even take it, this would have never even... I actually started. think I mean, that you're wrong on that. I, I think and, anybody I mean, could have convicted I, this man. He had okay. no weapon on him. All right, Victor, I got, I, got, I got to keep it moving here, but thank you so much uh, for calling in. We appreciate it. Let's go right now to uh, Frederick Brewington. He's a, a civil rights attorney with a lot of experience in these types of cases. Frederick, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure to have uh, the opportunity to be with you and your listeners. When you, looking at that, looking at that video, is there any way, shape, or form that that police officer was justified in pulling his gun? Oh, there was absolutely no justification for uh, force from what I could see or that level of force. He used uh, what we call deadly force. And on the continuum of force chart that is taught in almost every police department in the country, there was no reason nor was there any rhyme for him to use that level of force and pump hot lead into that man's back. What did you, in my what did eyes, you think? it's excessive force. Actually, not deadly force. Deadly force is when you're confronted with somebody who's trying to kill you. No, so, no, de- deadly force in this situation is what the officer no, this is actually excessive. uses. In, the, in this situation, it is excessive force. It's unreasonable force Thank under you. Uh, okay. you know, the law. But in this situation, there's a continuum of force which can be used. Uh, some of it is uh, verbal uh, force uh, or uh, speaking to people. Some of it is a minimum force. But in this it's situation, yes, force. it was excessive. I don't disagree, but it most certainly was deadly. Fred, let me ask you this, because there was a, there was, um, the the authorities acted very quickly. This police officer was charged with murder just days after this happened, which people were surprised at. Many people were pleased about. But then there's also the feeling, though, now, is he actually going to be tried for murder? Is there going to be a trial? Is there a real possibility that he's going to go to jail? Or are we seeing a repeat of the Ferguson type of thing where everybody comes in, the feds come in, uh, let's take a look at this, There's and then nothing really happens. You, well, you, I, I agree that the response here was immediate, it was prompt, and watching what's going on from a distance, and most of the country is, 
uh, we see that it appears as though they're taking the right steps. I think we're going to have to take a wait-and-see uh, attitude. But one of the things that's very clear here is, is that we have to watch exactly how the, the pre-evaluative um, uh, process goes, what tools are used, what investigative tools are used, and then how is it being treated by the prosecutors uh, and the government there um, in North Charleston. All right. And then in, in terms of your advice for people who are pulled over and feel that they are the, the victims of racial profiling. Well, I mean, I think the advice is very clear. You don't want to end up being a statistic. You want to end up being able to tell your story. And if you're not around to tell your story, then you then become a statistic. A statistic in this situation. That's exactly what happened. So uh, um, even though you may be in the right, you're better off not trying to uh, run or, or create a situation that's going to allow an officer the opportunity to pull a weapon like that. And, and Fred, you, you fought for many, for all kinds of civil rights cases on the, uh, the state. I handle these cases, Lisa. Yeah, I well, you handle these, these two, the, these as well, but I'm just saying in, t- in, the, in the broader scope of, of things, the, the family minister said that this is a racial issue the family attorney says this is a human rights issue. Are we splitting hairs here, or how do you view this? Well, I think we're splitting hairs, and I, we can't we can't deny the historical components of what we have going on here. I mean, had this had the, the roles been reversed in this situation, um, uh, there, there most certainly would have been a, a complete outcry. Um, but uh, one of the things that, that we do know is that historically, what we have is a consistent high level of use of excessive and unreasonable force, and in, in situations like this, deadly force against black and brown individuals in the United States, and it's just unacceptable, and it is part of a concern of how people are seen, and that's the human rights concern, that that another human being would see uh, another human being as having so little value that you would shoot him down like a dog. So are you saying, do do you you not feel safe in your community, sir? Well, it's not an issue. I'm just just asking a question. It's a hypothetical. uh, Just so you know, I represent police. I represent you. I just want to know if you feel and, safe. And I, I asked you a clear. question. Can you the answer the question? The question was, do you okay, feel I'm not safe? I understand, sir. Thank you. Oh, um, one, one of the things you understand is that police have an awesome I'm just responsibility, you and it's very difficult. And I understand that. But there is a certain level that you expect of any person that's a professional. And when professionals fail to do their work, they must be held liable. And now, that's we, what we're all so, for, so, Fred, that, so let me just ask him this, and then we've got to take a short break. So, so Fred, is it is it... Is it possible? Is it even logical for us to expect the police department? It, if you're talking about talking about a culture, a culture where people of you know people of color are viewed differently in terms of uh, whites and Asians and others, light-skinned people, is that is it possible to expect the police to change that if society doesn't change that? Well, it's a combination. Society's got to change it. The systemic racism is something that we all have to deal with. But the fact of the matter is that when someone has that running through their background, their training, and their experiences, and how they speak about people, even in the in the locker rooms of police departments, referring to blacks and African Americans and people of brown people as mutts, and referring to them using how many those locker rooms terms, have you been in, sir? That is just how totally many locker rooms have you been in? And you've heard some racism, culture. sir, because uh, then you. Should- 
obviously that. he's not going to let me speak. No, I'm but no, we no, let him finish and then, you, and then answer if his question. If we don't change the culture, the culture never changes, the minds never change. And that's both systemic in the United States, but that's also with regard to the police department because they're part of the process. I just want to know how many locker rooms you've been in, sir, and you've heard racism, and then please sir, report I, it I, because I've uh, seen, in my I've community, seen that is not acceptable. in police department uh, locker rooms. I've seen You've been in locker rooms, sir? In, and so As a law enforcement officer, have you, really you been in locker rooms? Okay, let me answer that Because anybody yeah. that's been in the reality in those locker rooms knows, knows what's taking place. And I've seen good police officers have to battle against their own uh, brethren in the locker room when those type of terms well, Thank God that doesn't locked. happen in my community. Uh, okay, let, let, we well, need to take... Listen, then, then I applaud you. Thank you. Okay. On that note, we need to take a short break. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, your comments, at Lisa Evers, hashtag Walter Scott. Same on, same on the gram, at Lisa Evers, 1-800-223-9797. We're talking about police use of excessive force and also this uh, the climate of distrust between police and the community. What do you think about that? 1-800-223-9797. And it's already talking about Summer Jam. I love it. Listen to Ebro in the morning every hour for your chance to win some. Summer Jam tickets made hot for you by McDonald's Chicken Select Tenders and my Metro Plus Health Plan. We'll be right back. Hot 97 Summer Jam 2015. Make some noise. Let's go. The Summer Jam Festival stage is locked and loaded. Performing live. Hey, yo, turn your radio up as loud as possible. This is B.O.B. Yo, this is Dage Lope. Harlem's own Tiana Taylor. Maybe it's the song. Yo, and why is Travis Scott? Hey, this man. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. In Brooklyn's own Joey Badass. Listen to win your Summer Jam tickets every hour this week with Ebro in the morning from 6 to 10 a.m. And win with me, Nessa, from 3 to 7 p.m. For the entire lineup and the bot tickets, go to Hot97.com. Made hot by McDonald's Chicken Select Tenders. I transferred to Mercy College because they accepted all of my existing credits. I transferred to Mercy because they offer flexible scheduling, days, nights, weekends, and online. I transferred to Mercy because I'll get a quality higher education for a lower tuition, nearly 50% less than all other private colleges. Visit Transfer Day at all four Mercy campuses on Monday, April 13th, and learn why you should make my school your school. For details, go to mercy.edu slash hot97. Hello, America. It's me, Richard, H&R Block Tax Pro. Did you know that more than 70% of Americans get refunds? If you haven't filed yet, there's no better time to come in and let the tax professionals at H&R Block get you every penny you deserve. Visit hrblock.com to schedule an appointment today. Same-day appointments are available, but they're filling up fast. Get your billions back, America. Not everyone gets a refund. Statistics based on IRS data. When my girlfriend of two years asked me what my five-year plan was, I should have known to include her in it. I did not. Now I know. Just like I really should have known that GEICO has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. 75 years. I had no idea they'd been around that long. I also should have known that they're the number one auto insurer in New York. We should all know these things. Now I know. And now you know. And now I'm single. Know anyone? GEICO, celebrating over 75 years of great savings and great service. Now that you know GEICO has been around for over 75 years, it's time to let you in on another little secret. GEICO could help you save money on motorcycle and RV coverage. That's in addition to car insurance. Not to mention the GEICO Insurance Agency could help you save money on homeowners and renters coverage. But this is no secret. Tell someone. Tell everyone. Be the worst secret keeper ever. Spread it faster than a middle school rumor. 
GEICO. More than just car insurance. To see how much you could save, visit GEICO.com today. There are plenty of ways to get around these days. You could take a bus. Sorry, pal. Exact change only. Please step off the bus. Or the train. Please expect delays of up to one hour on all service. Or even a cab. Sorry, buddy. I ain't driving all the way out there. Or you could make it easy on yourself and get around in a quality pre-owned car from Major World. Come to Major World of Long Island City and start getting yourself around. Choose from over 3,000 vehicles in stock in almost every make and model. On the Nissan's, Toyota's, BMW's, and some of our vehicles are priced another 3,000. Plus, at Major World, 1% is all you'll pay to drive one away. Or choose monthly payments as low as $79. And no matter your credit history, your credit problems are no problem. Now, payments may vary based on severity of credit history. So if you're tired of... All right, buddy, we're here. That'll be 216 bucks. Why not start getting around on your own with a car from Major World? 4340 Northern Boulevard, Long Island City, Queens. Close to the 59th Street Bridge. And remember, if you can't get here, we'll come pick you up. Call 1-800-MAJOR-AUTO or go to MajorWorld.com. Deer are cute. They star in movies and show up as furry toys. But when they ruin your plants, they are not so cute. Get yourself some Ortho Deer Be Gone. Deer Be Gone uses ingredients that deer find downright disgusting. It won't harm them, but the no-stink formula sends them running without smelling horrible to us. Deer Be Gone from Ortho. We don't hurt them. We just chase them. Guaranteed. Learn more about how Deer Be Gone lives up to its name at ortho.com. Use only as directed. The new Sierra Mist 16-ounce can is super refreshing. Dude, did you take a selfie with your 16-ounce? Yeah. If you follow Sierra Mist, snap a selfie, and post it on Instagram or Twitter with hashtag SM16Sweeps, you could get one of 16 awesome prizes, like a new laptop. Say what? Grab the boldly refreshing new Sierra Mist 16-ounce can for your chance to win one of 16 awesome prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends April 21st. Void where prohibited. See rules at sierramist.com slash 16. Stop by your neighborhood 7-Eleven to experience the new Sierra Mist 16-ounce can. Yo, what up? It's a game, and it's the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 9-7. I missed the game. Time for him to come back to New York. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the Walter Scott case and also the issue of police excessive force. Taking your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797, 1-800-223-9797. Hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, the gram, at Lisa Evers. And this is from uh, Wavy. Um, he says, I think the cops are just lazy and they feel threatened. They're not fit to chase people, so they rather use their firearm. The king of hip-hop says, says Geraldo Rivera said Walter's it's Walter Scott's fault that he should not have ran who said that supposedly Geraldo Rivera I that's a retweet that. I don't think he said that either, yeah, but, I don't think so but, either. The, but some people might say that and the fact of the matter is we've we discussed it all day but King you don't of Hip Hop I hope you were it. listening the uh you're not allowed to shoot somebody mm. who is running away Yes. Is that period, end of story, or are there certain circumstances? Unless they're a threat to the community, unless they're uh, murderers and they're escaping escaping from the prison or whatever it is, you don't shoot nobody in the back anyway. All right, so let me reintroduce our panel to you in case you're just joining us on Hot 97, 97 97.1 FM here in New York City in the Tri-State live stream, hot97.com, and also the radio apps, Hot 97. You can listen live on your phone if you're about to head out out the door. Kenyatta Scott, criminal defense attorney with New Jersey's oldest black-owned law firm, Hamlin Ridley. Sergeant Henry Marrero, he is a a police sergeant with the North Bergen, New Jersey Police Department, candidate for police commissioner and community activist, and also noted civil rights attorney, Frederick Brewington, is with us as well. And uh, you wanted to talk about the locker room here, Henry. 
Oh, uh, Frederick, you know, I just want to... Fred, can we finish the locker room point point here Uh, in terms of the police culture? Was that me? Yes. Yeah, one of the things is is that, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, police are are supposed to act as professionals, but um, oftentimes the language which is used and uh, far too often becomes commonplace is not appropriate, and it's unfortunate on how people are labeled and how they talk about people is oftentimes how you you treat them. Do you feel that that in police departments, in, in the workplace, in the corporate environment, you are not allowed to treat people a certain way, talk, I mean, for all different types of people, all different categories of people? There's a level of professionalism. Do you feel our police departments have lost their level of professionalism? I can't say we we can generalize. Some police departments are more professional than others, and more are better supervised than others. But one of the things we see is is that the culture that becomes more commonplace is one which which anybody, anybody would find unacceptable. Okay, and I want to invite police officers to call in, and if you you, uh, identify yourself, you don't have to say your name, uh, just that you're on the job, to Rose when uh, you call in at 1-800-223-9797. Let's talk about the issue of respect, too. The... There are some police officers who will say, you know what, the public does not respect us the way that they used to respect us. We tell them to pull over. We tell them to stop doing something. They think this is a suggestion and not an order. Henry? All right. Look, uh, when it comes to that, uh, definitely, definitely a lot of, uh, I I guess because... People are having kids a little bit younger, and uh, they, they lost a sense of respect for law enforcement. I remember t- being taken home, and 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 uh, they dropped me off to my to my dad, and and I got a couple, you know, a couple of smacks here and there. And uh, no matter what the officer said, my father believed it, whether I was right or wrong. So you had that sense of respect when you saw the cop coming down the street. You said, "Oh my God, here's the cops." You just had that respect. I, I just think that we have to respect law enforcement in the sense that they're there to help the people. I see it like you know. But, but what I, do you I, say? It's not just a kid. It's not not just a kid. But what do you, what do you say? What do you to, say? Let me let me ask need you this: to actually, teach their children about the respect aspect of law okay, enforcement. Okay, but what what do you say to what do you say to a middle class man of color, black man who is driving a car, or works Kenyatta. a nine to five, <laughs> works all, a nine to five, right? Kenyatta. That works a nine to five job <laughs> that is repeatedly pulled over. God, with no criminal he, record, from, pays like, his taxes. I'm just no. I'm just time out. What about the Kenyatta? Kenyatta, what about that? The comment of where you're coming from. That doesn't no, make no, a no, difference. No, no, no. One second, one second. No, it doesn't make. Okay, hold on. One, you guys, you guys, one at a time. Kenyatta and then Fred. Listen, Kenyatta, go ahead. Okay, where I'm coming from, the car I'm driving, the color of my skin, none of that should make a difference. Who cares if I'm driving the speed limit? If I have my seatbelt on? If I'm going where I'm supposed to go? You're not talking on the phone. I'm not talking. You're not drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm not swerving or anything else. You know what that means? I just want to know what towns you're driving through. That's what I'm saying. But you said where I'm coming from. That doesn't matter. No, no. The respect, listen, the respect for police. But Henry, his story, his story is repeated over and over again. We've had, even under under Mayor Rudy Giuliani, his deputy mayor was pulled over. We've had high-ranking police, black police chiefs out of uniform in New York City pulled over. We had noted attorneys pulled over. Michael no. Warren, I mean, I mean, we, we can just go on and on. We've had prosecutors pulled so, over so, on the way so, to court. All right, so, all right, so how do we fix it? So how do we fix it? Yeah. Can you all help me? Fred, okay, let me ask Maybe we could express Fred, how do, we, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Yeah, you, you, I can tell you exactly train. how to fix it. Okay, hold on one second. Train, train officers to make sure that they follow what the rules are. The rules are that you can't pull somebody over for driving while black. You can't pull somebody over on a hunch. That's you have silly. to have reasonable 
suspicion that a crime is in uh, is taking place or has occurred, and then you know the status and uh, of what the law is, and your officers just can't attempt to stretch the law just simply because they think they have a hunch. A hunch. The Supreme Court of the United States says that a hunch is not acceptable, and in a situation like that, that's what happens all the time. They start pulling folks off to shake them down to see what they can find, and far too often what they find. Where is, are you from, is, is though? Like, where are you? Let's just say no, no, you're, Henry, you're, this is these, these are well, these I'm cases just, happen. I'm just asking the question. I'm the, just saying, these like, are documented. Newark, these are not. No, but no, Henry, these are documented. These are documented cases. I'm just asking the question. Henry, 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 listen, listen. Yes, sir. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Check the scoreboard. It can be Newark. It can be Patterson. It can be Passaic. It can be Prospect Park. It can be Clifton. It can be New York City. It can be Brooklyn. It can be Bronx. The numbers don't lie. Minorities are saying we're troubled more. I'm not sure if Caucasian people aren't complaining, but guess what? Minority people are complaining about being disrespected by police. So it's either one or two things. On these minor, on these minor issues. issues. We're not talking about de- selling I, drugs or guns. Or, okay. All right, let me let me take let me yeah, take I a photo. Let's go to uh, Lauren from New York. Lauren, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Yeah. So. um Basically, I was in the military, um, and I got out recently, and I moved back to New York City. And my concern is, this is not just, you know, on a lower level, like, just police. It's like, even, it's everything. Even the conversations that people would have, like, in the military, in the shops, and people would just say anything. Like, anything is just allowed, you know? And I just feel like it was a particular concern for me when all these uh, Ferguson issues and stuff started coming up. I didn't even feel safe with the people that I worked with because these are. This was a time when people were saying how they really felt, and it's like you, me as a black female, everyone around me, you know, I feel threatened. And when I moved back to New York City, everyone is like, okay, join the NYPD. And it's just like, these are the same military people that are coming to join the police force. And they have these mentalities in their head. And it's just, it's just where does it like start and where does it end? But would you consider joining the police department? Because some people say that they... Um some some people say that if the the police departments are more representative of the community racially, ethnically, and gender, that it would be a different story. What do you say? What do you think about that, Lauren? I I mean I personally, when I got back to New York after everything that I endured, like that whole month of August on. and then I got out in November. Then when I got back in January, I wanted nothing to do with the cops. L- Lauren, but I have- Lauren, we need you. We need yes, you. We know why we Join need you? Know why we need you, Lauren? Because you know what? You have experience with dealing with weapons, but more importantly, you have experience with dealing with people in hostile environments. Lauren, we need mm-hmm. people like you. We need you because you know what? This is one thing that I notice in the, in, in the inner cities. For whatever reason, our younger kids aren't pushing towards uh, being police officers as much as we used to. So that's why the, the complaints of, well, they're not from here, right? This issue of these officers are not from here, so they don't understand exactly. this. I need a Lauren to be my police officer because you know what when my kid is out of control Lauren you know to grab my kid up bring him to my house say whatever it is deal with it a certain way old school and and you know what happens after that Lauren my kid has Mm -hmm. another chance without having a record but you know what unfortunately because my kid doesn't know Lauren the cop who he probably would know on a regular basis he has he may say something unappropriately to an officer and on the other hand Lauren the other thing is this Another reason why I need the Lawrence of the world is because of the fact that you understand what it's like to be a kid who never had an experience with an officer. 
Lauren, Lauren, we know, and, and I think we, I think we need her as a woman, as women too, because I think women will bring an extra, an extra uh, sensibility to this whole issue. <laughs> Lauren, thank you very, thank you very much for your service, and I hope to see you out on the streets. Okay. Yeah. Change comes from within. Change comes from within. You got to be in it to win it. Be All one right, of our great. undercover street soldiers in, in infiltrating the corporate universe here. Okay. All right, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to, um, let's go to TJ from not our TJ, but another TJ from New Jersey. <laughs> hey TJ, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I'm uh, calling us in regards to something that Sergeant Marrero brought up in terms of the, uh, the police officers who unfortunately lost their lives, uh, and that's something that's not brought up uh, when these unfortunate situations happen when civilians get killed. It's a terrible equation uh, to talk about a criminal killing a police officer or a criminal killing anybody, comparing it to a cop killing an innocent civilian. It's a, it, it, the, the, it should never be brought up. It's very frustrating and it's sad because it almost dog whistles or kind of justifies in the mind of, of, of citizens like, yeah, well, this wouldn't be happening if, you know, if, if officers weren't being killed in the line of duty. It's a terrible and scary job to be a police No, it is, it is, and we have some calling in. Let's take some of those calls. Thank you so much for the call, TJ. Uh, let's go to this uh, police officer right now. Um, officer, hi, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hello? Yes, officer. Go right ahead. Yeah, well, um, I work in a Brooklyn, I work in Bushwick, and I'm new on the job, and um, I'm actually from what you can say, the hood, myself, and, you know, as a cop working in the project, it's hard, knowing that you got these kids that I could get run up on any second of the day and get shot in my head for no reason, so when I see something that is suspicious, yeah, I'm going to run down on somebody, yeah, I'm going to shake that pocket and see what they got in their pocket if you look suspicious. You got these shot callers in the project, so, and I hit on cops, telling these young kids so yeah, if I see something that I don't like, I'm gonna tell them, yo, I want to see your pocket. I don't care if you record me or not. I'm gonna not racially profile anybody. I'm Arabic myself. I'm more racially profiled than anybody in the world. So when I see these kids, these young kids especially, walking around giving me dirty looks, I gotta watch my back the same way they gotta watch their back. So of course I'm gonna try and do what I have to do to save my own life. All right, all right. Thank, thank, thank you, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, one other officer here, Matt. Go, go right ahead. Hello. Yeah, Matt, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, I work in another neighborhood in Brownsville. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm a white officer, and every day when I go into work, I kiss my wife, my child, because I never know if I'm going to come home to my wife and child. And I always run into people who run away from me, and you know, I always wonder to myself, why are they running away from me if they got nothing to hide? And once they stop and I come to them and they have nothing on them, no guns, no drugs, and I ask them, why, why did you even run from me? You know, and they have... And what do they, say, what do they say when you go, why did you even run? You don't have anything on you. Because they just have the mentality of running from the police. 
it just it baffles my mind that people would actually do that. That they that they would think that way. Matt, Matt, thank you so much for the call. But we've just been joined by a very special guest, and uh, we definitely want to give him some time on our air here on Hot ninety seven. It's the first time former NYPD chief of department Philip Banks the third. And thank you so much for being with us here. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for having. Good me. morning. Thanks for being with us on Hot ninety seven Street Soldiers. We appreciate it, and uh, thank you for your service to the city and also your service of communities and also Hot 97, our push for peace in Harlem and, and being being with us. Phil, when you see what's going on right now, you had said something to me that, that really resonated at one point. You said that the police policing strategies and mentalities haven't kept up with the changes in society. Correct. Is that what we're seeing play out? Yes, we are seeing it play out. And unfortunately, and, uh, you know, 90, a high 90% of the police officers do their job the way they're trained to do their job, and they do the way uh, that you will make them proud. So there's a small percentage of these officers who uh, conduct themselves, and more importantly, the, uh, the the supervisors, and I'm saying the high-ranking supervisors, which I was a part of, who are not kicking up at times. The police officers, the lower ranks, they are the ones who are paying the price. When I think a lot of the ships should be putting to the people who are in the decision-making uh, uh, process who are not doing what they're supposed to do. And when you have situations that we see in Charleston, when you have a situation where an officer just you know, put money into his particular pocket, it kind of just really just mask the great work that people are doing in law enforcement over and over again. And until that culture is changed, that culture of protecting the the percentage who are actually um, uh, demonizing the officers doing their job every single day, then therein lies the problem. So I certainly would say to the officers who certainly call, uh, there's a lot of dangers in your job. That's why they call you the finest, but make no mistake about it. The officers and the system that are not doing what they're supposed to do is as big of an Detriment to you doing your job than anyone else, and please don't. Sir. Thank you. What do you sir, say for, to the what, for what, coming what, this morning? I really appreciate. No, that. we really Thank appreciate having him on. What do you What do you say to someone like Lauren? She is a, a, a black female, a military <laughs> vet. She was encouraged to join the NYPD, and she said the attitudes that she saw uh, of racism made her in the military made her not want to be part of any other type of structure like that, and yet. We were all saying here, this is exactly the type of person we need in our community, someone who knows what real battle looks like. It's not going to take every street corner as like a battlefield. A female, she's a, a woman of color, that she would be adding so much to uh, to our city, but she didn't want to join the NYPD. What, what do you say to her? Well, I would say to her that I hopefully that she will... Um uh, regret her decision and certainly think about changing that course. Life is difficult. I mean, life is difficult, so there's no part of the aspect of life that you're going to encounter where it's not going to be challenged, it's not going to be barriers. But I will say to her, the police department will be a better police department if you join I agree. and you look at ways to, to change it. So th- staying away from it certainly is not going to help the uh, cause. And there are a lot of good men and women in the police department. But, but wait, well, hold on one second. But there are a lot of people also, too, and many community groups, many community leaders, when you left the police department, they were like, Phil, Chief Banks, we need you here. Stay here. I Stay with us in the NYPD. A lot of people said that. So why did you leave? Well, I think... Well, I, I won't go into the specific <laughs> one. That, that's politics. A, that, well, that's a conversation between me and Commissioner Bratton, so I will keep correct. that. But I do say is that I believe that me leaving the police department, that the police department will be better or off with me leaving it and not in it. And if I thought that the police department would have been better off with me staying, I certainly would have stayed. So certainly I thought that my departure uh, was better off for the New York City Police Department. I, I, okay, I, and, I and, and you could... And, uh, say it again, Fred, real quick, because I'm just about out of time here. 
I said there come, there's a certain freedom to being outside and being able to speak without having to deal with the chain of command and dealing with the concerns of politics. So, so I think that uh, I, I applaud uh, what we just heard. The cha- I agree, but when you said something about the higher ranks not knowing what's going on in the streets, it's super important. I'm a frontline supervisor. I'm the you know. I'm, hey, you're I'm talking to a frontline supervisor too, right. because we were. I've seen I've seen Chief Banks at many crime scenes, no, even no, four no, o'clock no. in the morning yeah, raids. Yeah. Absolutely no. I, Gang I, I, raids. I'm saying, but I'm saying frontline supervisor, like my guys are going to the calls every single day, but the upper brass does not know what's happening every single day with the people. Of okay, the Henry, I'm going to let you shout out your son's birthday real quick, and then we got to uh, cut it off here. Henry the third, happy birthday, little buddy. All right, I want to. I wish we have. I wish we had more time. Chief Banks, will you come back with and he spend an hour to. with us, he has please, to. <laughs> and just talk about? Because you know what, we just really answered it for me. He threatened me. So. <laughs> I'm gonna bring him in. Listen, I walk, listen. We walked. In listen, man. no one's messing with you. But I'm just. Would, I, I would love it if you would come back and and talk to our community, the hip hop yeah. community, and talk to our youth, especially about what we need to do and how we need to look at police, how our young police officers that are call, have been calling in all day. Are like just how do we make this thing better? I mean, we're all in this. It's like we, yeah, we can, yeah, we can march. Yeah, people can protest. Hashtag after hashtag. But it's like how do we, how do we move this forward so That's that we right. keep the streets safe? New York is a much safer place than it was years ago. How do we move that forward? But then how do we have equal respect for every person, regardless of their race, color, gender, or sexual orientation? Much, much easier to be done than uh, is people are complicating it. And certainly, if you invite me back, and, and, no, I totally will invite you back. I'm going Okay. No, Henry, hip-hop. I'm sorry. I, I no, hate I to wa- say. I want to be down with the hip hop culture because I grew up in that environment. We need to tell our people that Ebro in the morning and everybody needs to step up and help the people. Ebro in this always will step up. Let me That's tell you. It. I tell you, I know that for a fact. That's my brother <laughs> that, right there. I, I like he always to steps him in the morning, up. So he better no step matter what up. happens, Ebro's and there. Flex Let me tell you. Too. They do. Bring Those it. are my brothers. Come That's on. That's what I'm saying. Henry, no, I got to cut you. I got to cut Go you ahead, off. Baby. I'm sorry, I'm okay? Good. I'm good. Don't, I'm watching your waist there, okay? Uh, no, I'm joking. The, um, <laughs> all right. I want to I thank our guests very, very much for being with us. Civil Rights Attorney Frederick Brewington. Thank you. So, thank you so much. Uh, Sergeant Henry Marrero. He's a candidate for police commissioner in North Bergen, New Jersey, and a community activist. Criminal defense attorney Kenyatta Stewart with Hunt Hamlin, Hunt Hamlin Ridley, New Jersey's oldest law firm. And also, we are very soon going to be talking about the drug epidemic, the prescription drug overdoses, the deaths, this this whole new craze that's going on. If you have a, had a problem with a drug issue, someone close to you has, hit, hit me up, Lisa, at Hot97.com. That's Lisa at Hot97.com. Or tone the number for real at gmail.com and let us know and we'll get you um, on that show. So this episode of Street Soldiers was made hot for you by Universe Soul Circus. The Universe Soul Circus is back in Brooklyn. And Hot 97 is hooking you up with a family four-pack of tickets. Save up to 30% off select performances while supplies last. Use password SOULNYC at Ticketmaster.com. And you should, you should check that out because uh, I was there. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great day with the kids. And thanks to everyone here at Hot 97, our program director, P.O. Farrow, general manager, Deanne Levingston, music director, T.T. Torres. You hear her on the air here during the day at Hot 97, digital director, Jeffrey Thacker, and uh, my whole Street Soldiers team, executive producer, Tone Capone, our board op and digital assistant, the one and only T.J. production assistants from Rose D. And I want to thank you so very much. Check me out on the Fox 5 News at uh, 6 and 10 tonight, and also during the week at 5 and 10, follow me on Twitter. Instagram at Lisa Evers and please check out our Facebook page 
Lisa Evers official. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. It's Ebro in the morning. Hopefully everybody is enjoying their amazing weekend. Monday morning, join us because... Because I have summer jam tickets every hour. I'm hooking you up. Plus, like we do every week and every day, we have Rosenberg. Yep. I'll be here doing my thing. <laughs> now, seriously, Monday we will talk about breaking up. Why is it so hard to do, and why are people so afraid to do it? Because men are punks. Chill. Hot 97. Where hip-hop lives. Make, 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 make a clap to this. To show our appreciation for your support. <laughs>